thank you for what you're doing, Lord. I feel so excited in the Lord for what he's going to do this year. <laughs> just feels like we're sort of on the edge of stuff. And the great thing is none of us know really what to do, but he's calling us to seek his face like never before. Yeah. The picture I keep just getting just over and over, and I know lots of people are getting this, of I just see just lions all lined up in the high places around the country. I think they represent the spirit of God. Um, and it's almost like they're poised, you know, just waiting for the command. And the, the truth is that the Lord is amongst us already. He's already sending his spirit, bro. It just feels like they're, they're poised on special assignment. Um, and it's the authority of Jesus. It's the royal reign of Jesus. Um, I don't really know what to do other than to raise a mighty shout and just to give a big roar, big old roar. <laughs> so, and, you know, the, the Father will give the command when we're ready. And I think just we're in these, these moments of just seeking his face and praying and pressing in uh, like never before. And with that, I just feel his pleasure and his delight and his heart for the church, uh, for those who with ears to hear are leaning in at this time. Just feel he's just saying, yes, this is what I love for you to do. Because when you lean in, you lean into me and you lean in for my heart. I just want to also just recognize if you stumbled in here today and you've never been here before and you think, oh my days, what a, <laughs> this is like off the charts, happy, clappy craziness. So just, um, I make no apologies other than to say, <laughs> I'm sure the prayer meetings in the Bible were not just sort of everyone sit down and, you know, one after another and all of those. So. Uh, the Bible talks about them raising a mighty shout. It talks about them falling over. It talks about them being overwhelmed. It talks about them singing in the spirit. It talks about other languages people couldn't understand. Just all that stuff. So um, if you're here and you don't quite know about it, just get into the word and ask someone who looks like they know what's going on. But please know you're welcome to be yourself in this church. And if you don't quite know the flow or the form, then that's all right. And we're just trying to work it out as well. And most of all, we're just trying to follow Jesus um, and be led by his Holy Spirit. So, John, I don't know, just blow something loud at the right time. <laughs> and the reason I just asked that is because he's a prophetic blower of horns and trumpets. And it just feels like you are just praying for us in the spirit whenever you do that. Um, and I think let's just raise a mighty shout to the Lord. And as we do that, we're not simply raising our voices. We're saying, come, Lord, release the assignment for 2023. Release the restoration and revival of your church. Release the healing of our land that we're longing for. Release the more that we're pressing in for at this time. Just release from heaven all that we long for. May your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth, just like it is in heaven. And would you give us today our daily bread and would you forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, Lord. For thine is the kingdom, thine is the power.
power. Thine is the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so why don't we just raise a mighty shout to the Lord. next year and say you're a complete nutter <laughs> but I love you anyway Father all that you're teaching us all that you're drawing us in all that you're calling us to seal it we pray and may you bring it to full completion May your church arise. May we arise. Help us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would show us as a church what we should be doing at every step along the way. Help us all to know that it not just come through leaders or being told to, but just help us all just to know you and to know what you're saying and know how to move in step with you. Thank you, Lord. And Father, we just bless those not here today. Right now in the spirit, we reach out and we just say, just know that the kingdom's coming. <laughs> know that Jesus is alive. Bodies be healed minds be stilled hearts be ablaze with love for Jesus oh, I always get the map with the folded over corner I think it's what I do <clears throat> so the reading is from uh, Luke chapter 5 verses 12 to 16 once when he was in one of the cities there was a man covered with leprosy when he saw Jesus he bowed with his face to the ground and begged him Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. Then Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I do choose, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he ordered him to tell no one. Go, he said, and show yourself to the priest and as Moses commanded, make an offering for your cleansing for a testimony to them. Now, more than ever, the word about Jesus spread abroad. Many crowds would, be get, would gather to hear, hear him and to be cured of their diseases. But he would withdraw to deserted places and pray. Thanks be to God. This, this is his word. Good morning. 
I'm impressed by how quickly you can compose yourselves. <clears throat> that was like Bedlam 30 seconds ago. I wonder before I begin, if I just ask you a simple question, when, when you hear that reading that Peter gave us from, from Luke, and you hear the words of Jesus, what is the exhortation that, that you need to hear today? What's the encouragement that you need to hear? You need to hear Jesus proclaiming, I am willing. Or is it that you need to hear him say, actually, you know what, be clean. Be healed. Probably we need to hear both and all of it. When you hear accounts like that, you have to say you. I found myself having to remind myself that actually I have very little ability to relate to, to this man. I can say, you know what, like as a kid, I had like really dry skin, eczema, people would like make fun of me. I have no idea what it would be like to be ostracized outside of my community because of a medical condition that I had. Many Bibles will try and render it just like skin conditions. But like leprosy, like at its worst, would be this powerful and infectious disease which would not only deform skin but also alter like facial and skeletal structures. It would impact bones and hair and nerves. It would impact an individual's muscle and bodily functions to such a degree. Uh, this is not merely eczema or a rash. The person that Jesus came and encountered and whose life was transformed was, was someone who was afflicted by something so intrusive and oppressive that it affected so much of their life. How historians have come to understand it is that this individual would have been kept from all their family from their community, from physical contact. They would have been kept, been kept from maybe their vocation. Like work isn't always such a chore. Actually, many of us, it is that thing that brings us so much joy in life. And that which, that is what this man would have been kept from doing. And so when we read this account, let's not forget that these oppressive, devastating circumstances this is, the, this is the suffering which Jesus came to bring release from, came to bring salvation. He's the one who not only restored the marginalized, but he also transformed their lives. Everything that had been robbed from them and taken from them, Jesus brings back. I think as you look, maybe you look ahead, the readings that are going to come in the, in the coming weeks and months, Mainly because it's a theme you can't escape in the Gospels is that of healing and, and deliverance. And that's so important to Jesus. And he reveals that Jesus, he came to reveal who God was. He came to reveal a God who is not only willing, many people are willing, but he's also the one who is able. God is, is willing and able to bring restoration, to 
bring us back to how it was intended to be. God is both willing and able to heal us and transform us. God is able to do the impossible, able to do what we in and of ourselves cannot do despite our best efforts. It's God who is willing to do actually what many of us aren't willing to do. We find Jesus encountering this man who is afflicted so severely and it is Jesus who reaches out his hand and touches him. Jesus is the one who is willing to reach out and touch the man who no one else is. This man who's covered in this dangerous and infectious disease. No one wanted him like in the home. No one was inviting him round for lunch or dinner. Who would want this man? And it's Jesus saying, I'm, I want him. Someone reminds me earlier, like, what if actually that's the same language that we use about parts of ourselves. We look at ourselves in the same way that actually much of this society would have looked at this leper. And said, actually, that part of myself is, is unclean and unworthy. That part of myself is dangerous. And Jesus is the one saying, no, I want that part of you as well because I am the one who is able to redeem it and restore it. Jesus says, I am willing. Or I choose. I do choose. And it directly comes against that lie that so often we say to ourselves, maybe we hear it said over ourselves that, that actually we don't deserve it. It's Jesus saying, no, like you do deserve it. Because I am willing. That's the beauty of the gospel. Paul, when he wrote to the Ephesians, he, he was quite dis descriptive and quite honest about it. He said, you know what, actually we were dead in all our transgressions. We were deserving of all that is bad. We were deserving of wrath. But God. But God. It's like that. I didn't think this one through, so bear with me. It's like the scene in the second Lord of the Rings books or movies and everything is going against the, like, the good armies. But then like, over the top come the cavalry. And like, Rohan come in and save the day. But God. But God, because of his great love for us. Because he is rich in mercy. He is the one that makes us alive. Jesus is the one that, that reaches out and he touches this man afflicted with leprosy. Touches a man that no one else was willing to touch. Jesus is the one that, that reaches out and he touches each of us. And he heals and restores us and he transforms us. And like that language we've been using, he, he takes us higher. Jesus is willing. And he's not just willing to some of us, but he's willing to all of us. Sometimes we just have to look back and add up the evidence. Actually, if you read through the Bible, the accounts of who it was that God reached out and he touched, there were far, people far worse than, than I was. As low a, 
an idea of myself that I might have. There were people I can still think, gosh, well, at least I wasn't as bad as that guy. And we read about it and say, God, God still used them and he touched them. Let's remind ourselves that actually God is, is willing. But also the beauty of this account is the fact Lazarus, This man, he comes, and when he, he says, when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face. It's because he recognized that it was, it was Jesus and Jesus alone who could heal him. He said, if you are willing, if you're willing, it's you that can heal me. Because Jesus isn't just the best option amongst the myriad of ones. Jesus actually is our only hope. It's that simple. It's not about convenience or preference. That actually, like, you know what? I kind of prefer the look of this Jesus with long flowing blonde hair. Probably not accurate, but it's not about preference or convenience, but it's actually the fact that Jesus is the only thing that works. Because outside of Jesus, all our, all our hopes are going to be misplaced. And this isn't supposed to condemn us for like all the, the wrong trees that we may have chased up. But it's just another reminder of why Jesus is the better story. Because he's the only thing that works. Because nothing else but Jesus can deliver. It's like not our families, not spouses, present or future. Not our dream jobs or that, that dream home. None of them can deliver on the promises they ever are the ultimate end before Jesus is. And so what we find in this, this narrative is rather than Jesus coming in and being infected by this disease like everyone feared, rather than him being corrupted and made ceremonially unclean, it's the other way around. It's that Jesus is the one that infects the man. Kind of amusing. That's something that Phil was praying about as we were there. That we would be infected by His glory, and that's what happens. We view it as, gosh, like this leprosy was a was a dangerous and infectious disease. What else do we think of that is so dangerous and infectious? If it's our brokenness, our disappointment, our shame, that's dangerous. Needs to be like kept at a distance. But it's Jesus who is the one who is more dangerous. He's the one who is more infectious to these diseases. Because it's his glory that comes and transforms it. When we are, when we encounter God's presence, it is his glory, all of his goodness that infects us. And actually what, what comes about is, is hope and love and faith vision that we didn't have before so much more it's the beauty that we get to be reminded of that Jesus is both willing and able ultimately ends with this that, that Jesus is the better story that we get to live our lives to despite his best efforts like he he kept trying to like 
keep news about him on the down low. But people couldn't help but go and proclaim the goodness of what he was up to. Because this, this gospel, the good news, the proclamation, it wasn't centered around a man but around God. It wasn't centered around our needs but rather God. It was centered around a, a grace that transforms us, a grace that, that heals us and meets us where we're at but then takes us so much higher. It doesn't leave us there. It doesn't just merely affirm where we are and say that's okay. No, it, it draws us. It's not afraid to touch us but it takes us higher. is in Jesus, it's, that's the only place where we receive our, our healing from all our sickness and disease, from our disappointment and shame, from all our brokenness, from all that didn't quite work out quite as we intended to. In Jesus, he redeems it and restores it. We receive a new life where, where death was creeping in. All our longings, it's in Jesus that we find the answers to. I was reminded a few weeks ago in um, a Wednesday prayer space. I kind of came in quite early. I think I'd just taken the dog out for a walk, so I was in like full dog walking gear. It was like 7.30 in the morning, and um, a bunch of guys had already been in here for hours, praying and worshiping. And uh, there was just like a few things I needed to sort out for Sunday. So I came in, like hood up, hat on, tucked myself away on the production desk. Eventually I look up, and um, like Felicity and a few others are like kind of coming up to me suspiciously, because they didn't quite recognize me and thought I was stealing stuff. just like an amusing anecdote to go with that. And as I like continued tinkering away, doing some work, they continued praying and worshiping and hosting the Spirit, hosting God's presence. And then they entered a time there where they were like, sharing the Lord's Supper together. They were breaking bread and had wine together. And, uh, and one of them kind of came up to me. I was busy away. I went to like, just to hand it to me, and I was just nonchalantly like, no, it's okay. And it struck me about a day later, like how often do we, when faced with this radical, absurdly good grace of God that seeks to, to come in and transform our life, bring us eternal life, to heal us, do we simply glance up and say like, no, it's okay, not today. James is leading us, like this is the invitation we have. God says, come. Let me like urge us that this is too good to make the same mistake I did and simply say, like, no, it's okay. I'm okay today. Let's not waste this opportunity. Because God is the one who is not only willing, but he is able as well. I don't have much 
much more to say, but I don't think there should be much more to say. Again. Why don't we stand? Let's pray. One of the things I love about Paddy is he's just totally set apart for the Lord. And we just love you, Paddy. It's so good. Thank you. Hmm. some ministry uh, someone had a prophetic picture of a drawbridge laid out and uh, there being some here afraid to set foot on the drawbridge um, much easier to keep control of ourselves and not to step forward and I think that might be for some of us here today what we're going to find as we go through Luke's gospel in the next couple of months is we've kind of got Jesus 101. Jesus' ministry brought to us again and again. There'll be some teaching woven in, but it's healing, deliverance, healing, deliverance, healing, deliverance, healing, deliverance, again and again and again, which is quite exciting um, because this is part of what we've sown into before for a number of years, some of us in this church. Um, but I think what's in my heart um, is that I just wonder whether there are some of us, so just to say, we're going to be faced with that again and again and again. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Who here believes that Jesus is willing and able when faced with any disease, any sickness, any heart issues, who believes that Jesus is willing and available uh, and able? Okay. Who believes that the ministry that Jesus so beautifully modeled, which we're going to read, is the same ministry we're invited into by his grace? Okay. Now, I just want to just recognize and just minister into this for a few moments. Because what was in my heart, I just felt there are some here who know those truths but there's like a sort of crusty layer of probably disappointment and meh. Because who also knows when it doesn't happen, we never get the answers why. And over the last, you know, three years, we've all lived through a global pandemic, which has resulted in the massive exaltation of science, hasn't it? We're going to be led by the science. We're going to be led by the science. We're going to be led by the, the, the challenge for us is that we're called to be led not by our sight, definitely not by the science, but we walk by, by faith. And I think 
when there are some situations which maybe we've been going after for a number of years, it's just really easy to say all the right words and say all the declarations, but actually there's just that sort of crusty layer of gunk, of just sorrow and pain and hardship and disappointment that still comes after. Just, it's just there, isn't it? So I just want really what was in my heart is I just felt like the Father just wanted to minister into that for a few moments. Because Jesus is saying he's willing and is able, but I think the much harder thing is for us to say back to him, particularly when we've been through a time like that, I too am willing and able to partner with your ministry, Jesus, and to go again from the heart, not just going through the motions, from the heart. And I felt like one of the things the Lord's going to do over the next couple of months is renew our joy in the ministry of healing. And our joy, you know, because Paddy said an awesome thing at the nine, and I wrote it down in my notebook. He basically said, you bring your infection to me, or something. Like, I can't remember what it was. But it was like, you better be careful, because I'm going to infect you. Um, and I think, I think it seems to me, as I read about Jesus, that he just saw the world completely differently. So a problem to him was an opportunity to see the kingdom breaking. You know, a, a disease to him was an opportunity for healing. A demon for him was an opportunity for freedom and release. Uh, lack for him was an opportunity to shine his magnificent bountiful provision so uh, I I just I'm just saying these things because I think for some of us here we know them but I just feel like some of the pain of dialing it down or just stopping being willing I just felt like the father wanted to minister into for a moment so how we're going to do this is I think if you would like some ministry this morning for healing of the heart for healing of the body for healing of the mind then I, in a few moments I'm going to invite you forward but I'd also like to invite forward if you've got a healing of the heart through disappointment or just spiritual fatigue with the ministry of healing and we're going to minister to both of you and I'm going to lead you through so if that's you, would you like to just come to the front and we'll work out how to pray. Some tears are here already, so just let, let them come. This is, this is church. This is a place where the Lord is. Jesus, we stand before you and we just give to you. Just all of our pain, all of our sorrow, all of our disappointment. We've felt that we've trusted and
belong to you now. We thank you, Jesus, that you knew every human constraint, every sorrow, every weakness, every ounce of frailty that we bear. Thank you that you're not distant and remote and disconnected to the reality of this life. Thank you, Jesus, that when you heard terrible news about your friend, you wept. for a while and the cost of choosing to believe over and over can be an agony. Recognizing that cost is the Lord Jesus. saying I am willing but are you willing are you willing to trust me are you willing to step out in faith again are you willing to join me in my ministry you're able, why don't you say to the Lord, yes Lord, I am willing. Here I am. Send me. just want to say, if you've got children to collect, you need to collect them. <laughs> I think the Lord's begun a, and is beginning it's a lovely work of restoration in his people this morning. There's quite a lot of tears here. And do you know what the Bible says about tears? Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out sowing with weeping will return home bringing their harvest with songs of joy. So Lord, as a church, I just want to pray that you would just restore the joy of serving you. In this particular area, that you'd give us your eyes, that you'd give us your heart, that you'd give us your perseverance in the mystery 
And we ask that you just breathe upon us, Holy Spirit, again. And that we would hear your words afresh. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. pray for um, those who would love ministry in just a moment but just feel but this is a more sort of tender invitation just maybe if we could just have a little bit of um, worship behind this just to keep keep us focused on the Lord and to allow us to do this I just feel actually the Lord just wants us to invite him to come to us, he wants us to invite. Sorry, I'm not being very clear. He's asking those of you who are receiving from the Lord right now, just to invite Him to come and to fill you. A bit as we were saying a few moments ago, come Jesus, come to the church, come to the nation. I feel like He's inviting you to say, "Come to me again." And not that He's left you; He lives within you. Come with your anointing spirit again. Come with your power and your presence. Come to me again. Come, come, come. I love you just to be to just pray that to the Lord. Come. Come, Lord Jesus, by your spirit. Come to me. And just if you can, even if it's a whisper, just begin to pray it out loud. 